Well, our word today comes from Colossians 4, verses 2 to 6. So let's read the Word of God together. It says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open up a door for our message, so that we might proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much that we can worship you. It's different today, but you're the same. And Lord, I ask that you would just be glorified. God, that you would touch and speak to every single heart that's watching, that's listening. And God, that you would be pleased with the way that we worship you. And as a result of even this message, the way that we live for you. We thank you, God, so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, it's easy during this lockdown just to think about ourselves, isn't it? And just to think about our own survival. As a matter of fact, that's probably what we're all doing right now. You know, a few weeks ago when the lockdown started, you know, I was like, oh, I went through the checklist. You know, do we have everything that we need to survive the lockdown? You know, do we have toilet paper, first and foremost? Check. We have it, right? Do we have rice? Do we have hot sauce? You know, do we have lamian? You know, those are the essential things that you need to survive a lockdown, aren't they? And we had those things. But it makes no difference if you have those things or not. Because just a few days later, maybe you were like us too. You know, we were getting out of bed. It took us twice as long to get out of bed because we knew that that day was not going to be any different than the day before. There was nothing to really wake up, you know, to. That day was going to look exactly the same. You know that life is getting pretty mundane when the most creative thing that you do that day is cook something different. Or like when, you know, you open up the door. This happened to me. When you open up that front door, you get really excited because you feel like you're about to take an adventure. You know, that's how you know that life is is a little bit hard. But that's what we're going through, you know, and that's exactly what lockdown is like, isn't it? You know, and so what, what do we do? We search for things to occupy our time. You know, we turn to things like entertainment. We turn to things like to like the internet. We turn to the TV. Some of us, even myself, I started reading books, right? Unheard of, you know, but yes, I started reading books and that's what we've been doing. We've been, we're also searching for ways to connect with others, right? Social media, Zoom, uh, Discord. I just recently found out about Discord. You know, we're doing things like, and, but tell me if I'm wrong. We're doing all these things. We're trying to stay active. We're trying to stay busy. We're trying to stay connected and tell me if I'm wrong. But at the end of the day, do any of those things make you really joyful? They don't, right? It's not like um, anyone's going to sleep today saying, oh, wow, I had the greatest, greatest day in the world because I saw something cool on social media. No, you know, we look at those things and they're cool for the moment, but then we forget about it and it doesn't make us happy or joyful whatsoever. And the reason why is very, very simple. The reason why, you know, is because none of us were actually created to spend our lives consuming those things. Those things are good for what they're for, to connect us temporarily or to, to see cool things, but we weren't created to consume those things day in, day out. We were actually created for the eternal. And we were created to operate 
eternally every single day with our lives. And we're only going to find joy and true satisfaction when we connect with that, when we operate in that every single day. And so when we consume those earthly things and try to fill a void within ourselves that that can really only be filled with the fullness of Christ, it's going to pretty much guarantee that we'll be disappointed with the result. You know, not only that, but I know many of us right now in our homes, we're struggling. We're struggling because we feel alone. You know, but humans weren't created to be alone. We were actually created to be relational. We're relational beings. And so it makes sense that our eternal purpose is intimately connected with us being relational, right? You know, these past few weeks, we've been talking about how Christ's fullness uh, was designed to transform every single one of our relationships inside the home. And starting from verse 2, in this passage from verse 2 to verse 6, all of a sudden, you know, Paul, the Apostle Paul makes this very natural transition on how Christ's fullness is now to penetrate and infiltrate lives outside of the home. You know, Christ's fullness in us was always meant to fill the world. And as we fill the world with his fullness, his fullness actually grows in us even more. Isn't that amazing? And so that's exactly what God wants to do. And that's exactly what he, where he wants us to go with our lives and how we are to live out his fullness outside of our homes. You know, we were created for the eternal. We were redeemed to enjoy the eternal. We were saved to share the eternal with this world. You know, and so that is what God is calling us today. That is the thrust of our passage today. And so during this lockdown, if there's any message I really want to share with you, let's really reconnect. Let's truly and deeply and personally reconnect with our eternal purpose and begin operating our lives on that eternal level. It will not only satisfy us, but it will also fill this world with Christ's fullness. You know, in the previous verses, God gave us his strategy and how we are to fill his homes, our, our homes with his fullness. In our passage today, he actually gives us his strategy to fill this world with his fullness. And there are only two instructions, believe it or not. So we only have two points today as well. The first, And those two points are to pray and to proclaim. First point, pray that the lost get saved. Colossians 2 or Colossians 4 verses 2 to 4 it says devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful and pray for us too that God may open up a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. You know, the command here is to devote yourself to prayer. The word devote means unrelenting persistence. Isn't that amazing? Unrelenting persistence, which basically describes praying all the time. You know, there are so many verses that talk about praying constantly, praying continually, praying all the time, devoting ourselves in this way to prayer. And so a very common question that a lot of people come to me with, they say, they always say, Eddie, how can we pray continually and work at the same time? How can we pray continually and study? How can I pray continually and play basketball at the exact at the exact same time? I can't. You can't do those things. But what I'm here to say to you today is that you can. You actually can. 
You know, you don't act. You don't have to be actively praying with words to be in prayer. But you can do all those external activities like work and study and play while also operating on an internal level, having this internal awareness of God's presence and his promptings around you. And this is what I mean. This is before I became a Christian. You know, you can operate on two levels. This is the whole point. You know, I was in Little League baseball once. I was like in year three or something like that. And I remember uh, my parents came to watch me play baseball and as I came up to hit the ball you know all I ever all I wanted to do was crush this ball out of the park that's all I wanted to do but at the exact same time when I looked at my parents in the stands I started talking to them like in my heart I was like you know I'm gonna hit this ball for you you know I'm gonna make you proud of me you know I can't wait for you to see me you know shine everything that you did for me I'm gonna make you proud you know there was there was that communication going on even though I wasn't even talking to them I was operating on two levels you know even on Sundays when I talk to you I try to talk to you as much as I can but if I'm in a conversation with you I'm fully engaged in that conversation I'm listening to every word that you're saying But I'm also asking God, I'm praying to God like crazy because I'm praying to God. I'm asking him to give me understanding so that I can understand your situation better. You might be using this amount of words, but I want to understand your life. And I'm asking God to do that for me so I can care for you. But I'm also asking God to minister to you and to touch you in ways that I as a human being could never do myself. And so I'm actively praying as I'm listening to you you know it doesn't matter what you're doing you could be mowing your lawn you could be doing the laundry you know you could be driving your car it makes no difference your heart can be engaged with god eternally either praying you know for praying to him directly and praying about things directly or just being open to the things that he might want to place upon your heart at that time as you're doing those activities but it has to be intentional right so you can pray and study at the same time. You can pray and work at the same time. You can even pray and rest at the exact same time. And since we know that now, we know that we can fully devote ourselves to prayer, right? And it's not, and, but it's not just any type of prayer that God's talking about here in this particular passage, is it? There's two types of prayers that he's talking about. He's talking about watchful prayer, and he's also talking about thankful prayer. What does it mean, watchful prayer? What does that mean? You know, many times when the word watchful or watch is used in the New Testament, it's a word, almost like a warning. You know, uh, it's a warning telling us to stay awake or to be alert. And so the question is, what is it that God wants us to stay awake for or to be alert to? And you know what the answer is? The answer is his divine leadings, his divine promptings, possibly even divine appointments that are there for us to have. And you know, this whole passage that we're talking about here, this whole passage is talking about how God wants to use us to reach the lost, which means that God is telling us that he wants to do eternal things through us in our everyday lives. And when we are constantly watching with our hearts for for God, you know, so that we can stay connected to his heart and his promptings and his leadings, then he'll lead us to care for others, to love others, to share the gospel with others, and to show people in this world how amazing Jesus Christ really is. But we need to be intentionally watchful. We need to be intentionally connecting with God in everything that we do because there seriously might be an eternal moment that God is preparing for us.
watchful prayer. But we also need to be thankful. You know, we also need to pray thankfully. Obviously, if we're thankful for the grace of God within our lives, you know what that does? That positions Christ to be the center of all that we do within our lives. And when if we're genuine and if we're genuinely joyful in him, when people encounter us, they'll really notice that there is something different within us. They'll see us and they'll be attracted to us. And I'll talk about that point, you know, near the end as well. But any Christian who is fully devoted to watchful and thankful prayer is going to be used to win souls for Christ. Why? Because not only are they fully alert, but they are joyfully alert to the things that God is doing around them in others. You know, but there are other reasons why God wants us to pray. Verses 3 and 4 say that we are to pray so that God will open up the door for his message and so that the message might be proclaimed clearly. What is that saying? It's saying, uh, it's saying, it's telling us that God is the one who opens hearts. God is the one who softens hearts. You know, to hear the gospel, to receive the gospel. God is the one that, create, that creates opportunities for the gospel to be shared, for the gospel to be heard, and for the gospel to be understood. The work of salvation is all completely God. So the question is, why does he command us to pray then if he's in control of it all? And here's the answer. Because he wants to empower his work and his word through our prayers to reach the lost. He wants to use our prayers to empower his work to reach the lost. And that's absolutely amazing. He wants us to partner with him to actually save souls. And that's, that's absolutely wonderful. But this is something I want you to think about if you haven't thought about this already. How powerful are prayers in the hands of God? Have you ever asked that question? How powerful are prayers in the hands of God? And I'm going to answer it this way. Think about this. Paul in our passage today is asking these particular Colossian believers to pray for doors to be opened so that the gospel can be shared. Am I right? That's exactly what the, the verse is saying. So here's the question I want to ask you. What are we doing right now? Aren't we preaching that exact same gospel through this particular letter? I mean, what does that mean? It means 2,000 years later, God is still answering the prayers that these Colossian believers prayed for the doors to be opened for the gospel. God is still answering those prayers. You know, when we pray to God, and when we pray for God to open up doors for the Gospels to be shared into people's lives, you know what God does? God does that. He opens those doors so that people can hear the Gospel. So let's pray and let's engage in this eternal privilege that we have. I mean, who knows how many souls can be impacted by our prayers, right? What a great time to do that, especially during this lockdown, isn't it? You know, instead of being so self-involved, trying to survive the lockdown, trying to trying to find things to watch more on Netflix, trying to find things to entertain us and to have us as the center of this particular lockdown, why don't we use this time to pray? Why don't we use this time to be gospel-centered? And let's start praying to God and say, God, open up my heart to see what you see. Open up my heart to feel and to know what you feel towards the people, towards people around me. You know, I don't even notice anyone but myself. But God, open, but I want to pray right now because I want you to open up my heart and my spiritual eyes to see what you want to do in the lives of the people around me. How do you want to work through me? What kind of things are you prompting me to do to love them with the love of Jesus Christ? 
if you haven't asked that during the lockdown, this is the time. You know, I think after three, four weeks of lockdown and knowing that there's going to be at least a month more, it's time to turn things around, isn't it? Let's start living out a Christ-centered lockdown. Let's ask him for his heart. Let's ask him for his eyes. Let's ask him to open up opportunities for us to share, even over cyberspace and over the internet. Because when I read this passage, he's not just inviting us to partner with him through our prayers. But this is the way I look at it. It's a little radical language, but this is the way I look at it. I believe he's weaponizing us to empower, to partner with him through our prayers because God wants to use those prayers to empower his work to save the lost. So what does that mean? As you pray continually for God to open doors for the gospel, you know what God's going to do? He will be faithful to answer those prayers continually. So let's pray and let's see if our prayers do not start impacting lives around us and filling this world with his fullness. And when we do, let's just see if that's not so much more satisfying than that net, the next you know Netflix episode or that social media post that you might be reading. I bet it will be. But there's one more reason why we are to pray. You know, Paul mentions in this passage that he's being jailed and that he should proclaim the gospel clearly. Why does he mention this right now? Why is he mentioning jail? Why does he mention that he should be proclaiming the gospel? Well, first he's saying that if we're faithful, in proclaiming the gospel, if we're faithful in sharing the gospel with others, it'll probably get us in trouble. There is persecution around the corner. He got jailed, didn't he, for preaching the gospel. But secondly, even though it does, and here's the here's the main point, even though we may get in trouble, maybe even jailed for sharing the gospel, pray even more, he says. Why? Because even though we may be chained for the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ can never be chained. Amen. It's amazing. The power of God through prayer opens doors for the gospel that humans want to keep closed. Right? Let's look at 2 Timothy 2 verses 8 and 9. This is what Paul says. Paul says, this is my gospel for which I am suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Never underestimate the power of prayer. Never underestimate the power of prayer to connect you to the heart of God, to keep you aware of what he's doing around you, to open doors and opportunities for the gospel and for eternal work, to impact the lives of the people around you. And never underestimate even the power of God to help you overcome the challenges that you might be going through even now during the lockdown. You know, if you think about it, Paul was in house arrest. Isn't that what we're, we're kind of under Paul, we're under house arrest. You know, at least we feel like we are. I think we technically, we kind of are. We're under house arrest, aren't we? But yet Paul asks for prayer. And he says he wants prayer. Why? Because he knows that the prayers of the saints will empower the gospel work, not only within us, but outside of us in ways that we can't imagine. We might be under house arrest, but the gospel has the power to go out and do amazing things because God is already out there doing amazing things. And he wants to partner with us through prayer. So why don't we spend our lockdown time praying and actually making an eternal difference in people's lives together. Prayer changes everything. 
you know, it's an amazing thing because God wants to partner with us to do his eternal work. So let's become prayer warriors for God. We might be under lockdown, but the gospel of Jesus Christ isn't, right? And it might open up, as we pray, it might open up our eyes to see things that we haven't seen before. It might open up our hearts to feel and to be aware of things that we haven't been initially. I believe God wants to use us powerfully to make an impact, especially since so many in our world or in Sydney around us are going through tough times. What a great opportunity it is for us to be able to impact their lives through prayer. You know, if we do that, I believe one day we're going to look back and we're going to be absolutely amazed at all the things God did eternally through the prayers of FLMers who were locked down in their houses. And I hope when we notice that and when we see that, it causes us to never want to stop praying and engaging people with the gospel. Let's pray for the lost now. Secondly, let's also proclaim Christ and the gospel to the lost. Colossians 4, 4 to 6. It says, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be full of, always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. You know, these verses make total sense in light of the first three verses, don't they? It's saying that people who pray for the lost make the most of every opportunity to reach the lost. And the way we do that is by being wise in the way we act towards outsiders. What does that mean? It means modeling the wisdom of God, the person of Jesus Christ, modeling who Christ is to every non-believer around us so that they can so that we can make the most out of every opportunity to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. And when I say the word proclaim, first and foremost, I don't mean preach. But what I do mean is model, right? Isn't the verse, the verse says that make sure you're wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. So let me ask you a few questions. Do your interactions with people outside of your household, outside of your family, do they attract people to you? If someone were to, you know, look at your online presence or if they were to examine all of your chats, would they conclude that you are someone that is preaching Christ on the internet? Or here's a better question. You know, what would that look like? You know, have you ever even thought about that? Have you ever even thought, oh, wait, hold up. Maybe God gave me the internet so that I can redeem it for Christ. So that I can use it to make him great. So I can use it to post and talk about eternal things. And I can influence all my friends who are reading me and who follow me with the truth, the beautiful truth of Jesus Christ. Have you ever thought about your Instagram account like that? You know, maybe instead of you know posting selfies, we can post things about Christ and, and amazingly beautiful eternal things. You know, what would it look like for you to, to use the internet solely to model God's wisdom on it? Because what these verses are saying is that whenever people spend time with us, whether through, you know, physically face-to-face -face or even through cyberspace, hopefully they're colliding with holiness, with love, 
with grace modeled powerfully and clearly through us. Hopefully they're getting a taste of the divine as we are intentionally seeking to model the divine to them. This is what it means to act in wisdom, to be wise, to act in wisdom. You know, some no one knows who really said it, but there's a famous quote that a lot of preachers quote, and that's this. It says, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. And that's exactly who we need to be. But we are also to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ with words themselves, right? We are to preach the gospel. We are to share about Jesus Christ with others. How else are they going to get saved? Well, verse six says that our conversations must always be full with grace, seasoned with salt, so that we know how to answer everybody. And the emphasis here really is, what he's saying is that we need to proclaim Jesus in ways that are attractive. And that's a huge burden, isn't it? That sounds so burdensome. How are we supposed to proclaim Jesus and make him attractive. And I think we can do that in two ways. And the first is this, and I, and I touched upon it earlier. The first is to simply be in love with Jesus. There is something special about somebody who's in love. It's different, right? It's not just a religion that I follow or a faith that I follow, but it's someone that I'm in love with. Someone who's in love is attractive. We want what they have. The tough part these days is sometimes Christians are so blasé about their faith. And they're so even when they share the gospel, they're just so like, you know, nonchalant and blasé about that too. And I think that's just a crime because Jesus is not blasé whatsoever. He's so amazing. And Christians, if there's anything that we can do, you know, we can make sure that our hearts are always alive and thankful for Jesus Christ. Always in awe of how awesome and beautiful and just amazing he is. That's the first thing that we do. And I think when we're in love, it doesn't matter if the words come out right. People can sense how much we just love him. And that is attractive. Secondly, I think we make Jesus attractive by adopting his heart for the people around us. You know, when I first became a Christian, I read this book about evangelism. And this author wrote something that I'll never forget. And it really impacted the way I thought about uh, the outside world. And I hope it, it does that for you too. She said something like this. She said something to the effect of, before she ever picks up the phone, if someone's calling or if she's supposed to call, or if she's gonna call someone else, before she ever walks outside the door to meet somebody, or before she ever walks outside the door to go to an event, she always reminds herself of like two things. The first is who she is in Christ, that she's an ambassador of the kingdom and that she's to represent God to everyone that she meets. So she already has that mindset. And the second thing is she always reminds herself of God's heart for the lost people that she's about to meet. And because of that, and because she knows that God loves them and cares for them so deeply and so intensely, she decides to deeply and intensely listen to them and care for them and react and then act in a way that loves them and cares for them because she knows that God does and that that's what God would do as well. To me, that's a person who has adopted the heart of God for others. And to me, that is proclaiming Christ powerfully and beautifully, isn't it? Attractively. You know, grace makes people thankful. Salt makes people thirsty. Answers 
lead to satisfaction. That, sh that should be what, that's what our non-believing friends should be encountering every single time that they talk to us or interact with us. And that takes intentionality. That takes strategic care on our parts because those are the fruits of a Christian who takes his calling to reach the lost seriously, his calling to fill this world with Christ's fullness seriously. And that really is the heart of our passage, isn't it? You know, during this lockdown, everybody's looking out for themselves. Everybody's trying to take care of themselves. But what if Christians use this time to love others and to care for others in the way that God does, right? To show them and to reveal to them how much God is thinking about them and how much God actually does care about them and how God wants to reach out to them through us. You know, recently I heard that um, some of our members are sending each other gifts during the lockdown, which I think is a totally amazing idea. And, you know, people are so happy. Not only that, but I heard people are sending like letters through snail, snail mail together to each other, which is totally like amazing. It really is. And I just thought, wow, first of all, I thought, how great is it that I'm a part of a church where people are just so generous to one another? It's absolutely beautiful. Let's continue just to do that. Let's find ways to just love each other and encourage each other uh, and to show each other how much we love each other. And that's first and foremost, that's beautiful. But what if we also did that to our non-believing friends? What if we bought them a gift basket? What if we sent you know, a whole pack of toilet paper their way through Amazon or something like that. You know, what if we showed them how much we care? What if we sent them a card or a handwritten letter through the mail? Do you know how exciting it is to get something in the mail that's handwritten with your name on it and a snap stamp on it? It makes you feel so special. How amazing would that be? Or here's a big one. What if we actually picked up our phones and called them and talked to them with our voices or if we connect with them through Zoom and FaceTime, that connects people so much more personally and deeply. You know, I believe it's a great opportunity for us to show people how much they're loved, how much God is thinking about them. And we can do that by our actions. And through that, we proclaim and we ask God to open up doors and opportunities for actually sh to actually share about the love of Christ with them. Let's leverage this lockdown to connect the heart of God with our non-believing friends. Let's make the most out of this particular opportunity that God might be giving to us now. You know, God wants his fullness in us to infiltrate the world around us. And just as much as he wants that fullness to penetrate and to transform the relationships inside of our, our homes, he also wants it to infiltrate and penetrate each one of our relationships outside of our homes into this non-believing world why because the lost need jesus christ and god wants us to care about their salvation just as much as he does so if we are serious about that mission let's pray let's engage the heart of god let's ask him for his heart let's ask him for his leadings and his promptings so that we could be used to do his eternal work partnered with him. Let's make the most out of every opportunity that we have on the internet. Maybe we can redeem our social accounts, social media accounts. Maybe we can redeem our internet presence. So that and so instead of bragging about ourselves and complaining about the things that are going wrong, as we as our hearts gets transformed through prayer, maybe we can start sharing about how awesome and beautiful 
Jesus Christ really is with anyone who's willing to follow us and and listen to us on our social media accounts. What an amazing opportunity we have right now to proclaim truth, to proclaim love, to proclaim grace, to proclaim hope and joy to this world that truly, truly needs it. Right, let's, let's make the most out of every opportunity to show off and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ so that maybe one day we can give our non-believing friends the answer that they're all thirsty to know right now. Let's proclaim Christ with our lives every day. You know, we might be confined to our homes these days, but I believe God has given us very powerful spiritual weapons in prayer. Right, Our prayers are such powerful spiritual uh, spiritual weapons in the hands of God. But he's also given a lot of he's given us earthly weapons as well. I think I think the internet's a weapon. I think our smartphones, our computers are weapons to reach out and to love others and to proclaim the gospel to our lost friends. What a great opportunity to do that. Let's leverage this lockdown for the Lord. Let's pray and allow God to open up our eyes and our hearts to the things that he's doing around us and let's move to love others in spiritual and practical ways to show them christ and to engage them with his love you know i'm convinced that if we spend our lives filling others with the fullness of christ then we'll grow in his fullness as well so that let's reach out to the lost around us with the fullness of christ Let's pray. You know, can I ask you, first and foremost, to repent for our self-centered lives? You know, while so many in this during this time we're looking out for ourselves, um, if there is anyone that shouldn't be, it's God's people, right? Knowing that there are so many that are suffering, there are so many that are in need, we can leverage this time to lead them with truth, to lead them in love rather than indulging ourselves with or in ourselves. You know, that only leads to destruction. And I know that you guys already feel that, right? Indulging in ourselves is not the answer. And so let's repent for being so self-indulgent. Let's repent for not being aware and alert to the things that God wants to do and is doing around us. And let's, repent means not just to say I'm sorry, but to change our lives and to change the direction of our lives so that we can move in the direction that God wants us to. Let's start moving in that direction. Let's start operating eternally with his heart, his eyes. And let's start using the time that we've been given now during this lockdown to operate eternally and to make a difference for the kingdom. Let's repent first and foremost. Secondly, let's also just ask God to open up our hearts and our eyes to the things that he's doing. Maybe he wants us to move in a certain way. Maybe he wants us to care about something or care for something. Let's just ask God. If you've not asked God yet, let's do that. So why don't we at this time just spend some time in prayer together? And let's ask God to make us his people that will use our lives eternally for his glory. Let's pray.
Can I also ask you to pray for your non-believing friends? Maybe you haven't prayed for your non-believing friends yet. Can we just spend some time? Maybe there maybe there's some names that come to mind. Maybe there's some faces that come to mind. Ask God. God, do you want me to love them and care for them in ways that I haven't considered before? Open up my heart to them. And why don't we just spend some time praying for our non-believing friends right now? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for Jesus Christ. He is the hope of the world. He's our eternal joy. He's our eternal satisfaction. We thank you so much that you've opened up our hearts to know him and so that we can walk with him. Father, we know that all of us are struggling. So much, all of us are struggling within our church right now. And there's so many things that we want and that we need. But Father, we know that we have everything in Jesus Christ and you're teaching us and you're training us to be satisfied in him alone. So help every single person within our ministry to truly learn how to be satisfied in Christ and to actually be satisfied in Jesus Christ alone. And as we do, Lord, fill us in such a way that all we'll want to do is to see our non-believing friends know him and be filled with his joy as well, to be filled with his hope and his love as well. So open up our hearts, open up our spiritual eyes to see the things that you want to do and the things that you're already doing, God, so that we might join in your eternal plan so that we can be used for your eternal work. Because God, we want to be a part of that. And we want to see our non-believing friends come to know you and be saved and celebrate with us in heaven with you, God, for you forever. So Lord, we ask that you would just do that at this time. God, we just thank you so much. Continue to help us use and leverage this lockdown for your glory. Teach us, God, during this lockdown how to truly spend our lives in ways that make a difference for eternity. So, God, we thank you for this church. We thank you, God, for uh, your word. And we thank you for the community that you've given us. Help us to be a church that challenges each other, empowers each other, reminds each other of this eternal calling and this eternal opportunity that you've given us to love others and to pray and to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to others during this lockdown. Be glorified and change many lives as a result. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.